When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We've got all four of us here to discuss a loss that <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. Not good enough. Not great. From bro. the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, you just need better than what they were able to provide in this one. Zero five-on-five goals from the Colorado Avalanche against the worst team in the NHL. The worst team that's banged up. That is, their defense has a bunch of people you don't even know on it. And they could not score five-on-five. Let's do the 60-second rundown before we jump into analyzing and breaking down this game. Uh, First period, kind of wild. The Avs actually played pretty well, drawing power plays. They managed to score two power play goals, both finished by Val Nachushkin. Uh, unfortunately, in that same time span, they also give up two goals on three shots from the Blackhawks with some pretty darn brutal defensive turnovers and or decisions and or coverages. Uh, just sloppiness, making themselves their own worst enemy again. The second period happened. Both teams did play a second period of hockey. That is about all there is to that. And then a third period where the Avs dominated five on five. And we'll we'll get into the refing. We'll talk about it. Not blaming it. The Avs take a penalty. Chicago scores, and that's that. You let a bad team hang around, and they beat you. Three two final. Let's go back to the first period. Let's start here. Let's start with a positive. There's going to be a lot of negatives. There's going to be a lot of yelling and shouting and doom in the chat, and it's somewhat justified at least tonight. But Val Nichushkin, the Avs power play. They gave you what you wanted tonight, yes? <laughs> yep. So, at least you can take a positive out of tonight. At least you can look at something. At least you can look at Val Nachushkin, who has not... Look, Nathan McKinnon's been unbelievably good over the last 10-game stretch. <laughs> Is Val Nachushkin the Avs' second-best player in the month of December? Sure. He's got, what, 15 goals now? Up to 29 points on the season. I'm saying there there might be some problems people have with the Avs lineup. Val Nachushkin is not one of them. Does that translate into something more? It, it, can Val continue to be, let's call it the third banana next to Miko and McKinnon? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're getting an idea that when, whenever it is that Lekkinen returns, you can roll this top line if you want and be just fine. Sure. So that's cool. Yeah. I, 
that's I, I'm trying to find something positive here because I know we're about to spend the next 40 minutes being sad and mad and, and all of those emotions. Well, and tonight asks a lot of Nachushkin with Cogliano out. He's also taking penalty kill minutes, so he's being utilized in all situations and trying to impact the game in a positive way. His ice time has increased, and that was something that Bednar had to be cautious of before when Logan O'Connor was briefly out, was yep. how to manage the PK unit and not overwork guys like Nachushkin who are also so important to that top power play unit because they are going to start to rack up ice time pretty quickly. And I think that given the load that Nachushkin had to manage tonight, he did the best he possibly could and was one of the only players to make a positive impact on the game. What I like is he works. You, you can't argue that. He's getting his gear off. He goes in the shower and this guy gave it his all. And again, on a game like tonight, not to be negative, you can't say that about everyone. You yep. can't say like, oh, wow, he really left it all out on the table. So in order to <laughs> the string wins right now, like we talked about, instead of winning two, losing one, winning one, losing two, you know, you need everyone to get on board and to, to bring their, I say that all the time, bring your heart rate off. Like some guys, they're just, yeah, they were there today. That's it. You know, but yeah, sure. You're playing against a... No offense, like, you know, not a very adequate team tonight. They worked. I mean, they worked. They gave their best, the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, that's, they gave their best. The Avs are better, but, but you got to bring it up a little more, like another notch. There's a lot of guys that, I don't know, you give them, what, six out of ten? This is not good enough. That's not. All right, let, let's, let's start with the goals against. Sure. First one. It's a little bit before the puck actually going in the net, but just an unacceptable turnover from Bowen Byram in the middle of his own zone. Dude, way too cute. You could say that about, it feels like, 15 times a game when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche. They don't all result in goals against, but yeah. at what point does the hammer have to drop on the Avs doing cute things that ultimately lead to nothing? We're like years into this, so it probably <laughs> won't, dude. I know, but it's kind of just in their DNA at this point. So I wish I wish it wasn't the case. But part of part of uh, being a really skilled team is that you're going to live with guys that try to make a play like that, and you know you just have time and place, brother. Like there's there's a time and place to try and use that skill, and that's not it. Yeah, I. It's just a terrible play by him. It's when does this become something more than a handful of bad defensive games from Bowen Byron? When does this become this is a thing he needs to start doing better? I think what's tough is in a similar conversation for how we've talked about Malinsky and Jones getting opportunities, the high risk plays that lead to mistakes have to have high rewards and I think that's what's been missing from Byram's game in this last stretch has been the production contributions on a night like tonight that certainly would have been really helpful yep. and if he could impact the game in a positive way it sort of neutralizes some of those big mistakes definitely I even look at how this mistake happens and it starts out as a great stick defense play and then he's vulnerable for Bedard to swoop in like a bird of prey and just take it from him and that kind of vulnerability is not something you would expect from a player of Byram's caliber. He shouldn't have the puck taken from him 
so easily like that. And that's where it becomes a little hard to just look past because at that point, it, it's a little bit of a decision. Like you just need to be stronger on the puck there and protect it so much better. And Byram is a really young player still, but he's in a different league from Malinsky and Jones. And so yep. these, this gravity of mistakes, it's not okay. And you can see that he's frustrated, so I don't really know what else to do because I think he knows that he's messing up. But it's just he's capable of so much more. And I'll jump in there. Um, the worst part is, is Kel McCarr's not there. So you expect guys like seven and four. I, I, I think seven, you know, we love him. We know that. Mm -hmm. I just, I think he's been average the last couple of games. You need him to be on top of his game. He's better than that. That's not his best effort tonight. Um, number four, he's got to be better. You, 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 you want to show that. You can be a big part of the future. You can you, you can be counter on, uh, especially when number eight Makar's not there. You you're given a lot more leeway, a lot more responsibilities, a lot more, and you should be able to step up your game, and, it, and not regress. I just feel his game's regressing. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, sure, it's a tougher assignment. It's easy to play behind Kale Makar. Because he, you know, he plays against the, the best players. He plays against that, you know. So when he's not there, somebody's got to fill the shoes. And you don't replace Cal McCarr, but you certainly can help, you know, with a group of, you know, Taze and, you know, Byron and those guys and Josh. And I just feel that the, the frustrating part for me is, and Rudo and I always laugh about it because they go in spurts of 10, 12 minutes every game. They don't give up a shot. They give it up three shots 15 minutes into this game, and it was two to two. That's my point. So it's like, my, my point is, is it's it's not complicated to see what works. And then I get all the high risk, high reward plays, whatever it is that, you know, the, the, the expression, but safe plays okay. You know what I mean? Like, because you have the good players to, to figure it out. Don't make those two bonehead plays in the first period, then you're probably up two nothing. Yep. Right? I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, And then you're driving a Ferrari. You're going to get there on the highway, and you're going to get to your destination. <laughs> but when you're just stubborn with your play and stubborn with, uh, you know, what works and what doesn't work, like play the right way. Play the way you're supposed to play, and you're not going to give up those stupid goals. You know what I mean? And then you leave a team lurking around. And then all of a sudden they're like, they get excited and it's fun. Oh my God, we're going to beat a good team. This is awesome. And then we leave it up. We'll talk about it later to, you know, to phantom calls or whatever it is. But ultimately it's not what loses your game. What loses you getting the game is your inability to be up to nothing in the first and cruise to victory. You know what I mean? And that's in my book. That was the problem. To Megan's point about Byram having opportunity to get that back. Hockey's a cruel mistress sometimes too. Byram has an opportunity right at the top of the crease. Puck slides across from, I think it was Val, between his own legs. Yep. And Byram just misses it, and it goes right between his legs. If he converts that opportunity, it's 3-2 abs. They probably go win the game. He makes up for his mistake, and everyone's going, ah, they won. It's good enough. But instead, that opportunity doesn't go in, and the biggest mark he's left on this game is a terrible turnover. And you just need better. I, I don't think it's that complicated the Avs just need better not just from Byram no. but from honestly almost everyone on this team at five on five 
I think you're asking from better. Because they just shouldn't lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. It's just the Blackhawks are the worst team in the NHL. They just are. It's, it's a tough look to not be able to find a way to win that hockey game. The way I look at it is some will say like, and I don't know what the, the numbers are, but you know, they almost got 40 shots and you know they gave up, what, 20? You know, again, yeah. you, you look at the goalie save percentage, like got killed by Mrazek, you know, but I don't want to hear, well, they almost got 40, then get 60. You're that much better than the other team, then get 60. You know what I mean? And then because it's, you know, go, you, you made some mistakes, then repair your mistakes, fix your mistakes, and go at them. You're that much better. But I just felt that they were just kind of uh, cruising through the game. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter short. how well you played on the underlying numbers. If, if every time you get a lead, you just give them a breakaway the other way. That's it. And the game gets tied again. You need better. Uh, <laughs> the second goal that they give up in the first period. What is Jack Johnson doing? I'm not sure. I don't understand what possessed him to skate all the way across the ice to cover the same guy that Devon Taves was already covering. And then it's a two-on-one in behind your defense because Jack Johnson decides not to play defense and leaves Jonathan Druin to defend Connor Bedard, which doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that's not going to end well. It doesn't. It's it's two goals on three shots. Uh, one, what's going on there? Two, are you asking Georgiev to stop one of those? Because I get it. Those are very, very difficult shots, both of them, for your goalie to stop. But it's also two goals on three shots. Yep. Stop one of them, please. <laughs> okay. That simple? I think so, man. Like, we've talked about it so many times this this year, our post-game pods and pieces that we've written. Like, the guy has a sub-900 save percentage. You're 30, 30 games into the season. Yep. It's not good enough. Yeah. Whatever you say about the defense and this, and the, the, the Avalanche gave up one high-danger chance in the third period, and it goes in. Like, they're called high-danger chances for a reason, right? Like, those are the best-scoring chances that high you get. High-danger chances go in 20% of the time, not 100% of the time. Exactly. Like, one out of every, roughly one out of every five is, yeah. is supposed to go in, and maybe even a little less than that, if we're being mm -hmm. honest here. It's really more like 17 18%. Yeah. But. Across an entire season, yeah. yeah. Like, that's the range that it'll end up. And it just feels like, oh, that one's in the net, that one's in the net, that one's in the net, and you've lost. And it's like, oh, Georgiev, what do you want him to do? You know, we had the same conversation with Prozvatov not so long ago. Oh, look at the chances, though. Look at what, look at the goals being scored. But it's just like you're asking for one extra save from your goaltender. And this yep. is a guy. This is a guy that you're trying to win a Stanley Cup with. I see Connor Hellebuck make those saves regularly. Yep. You know, like that's an elite goaltender. They're trying to win with a guy in Georgiev who's not an elite goaltender, but we have all felt that he wasn't too far away from it. And this season... It's gone the wrong direction. Yeah, it's gone way backwards. So, I, I don't know. It, yeah, you want better from him. Do you... You know, the breakdowns that occur on the goals against are bad. Oh, yeah. 
Like, they're bad. And the second one especially. Jesus. <laughs> what in the... What in the hell is Jack Johnson doing? That he skates all the way through the neutral zone to stand next to a guy that Devon Taves is already kind of close. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. And you kind of leave Georgiev hanging out to dry there, and so it's it's hard to feel like God. What is Georgiev doing? But also, there have been so many games of this already. And it's like you're one, you're one. The, the in this game anyway, it's one save. It's a save that Mrazek makes on the other end a couple of times, and it's mm-hmm. one that Georgiev doesn't. Yep. And I don't know. I guess you know. I think it's the combination of the two that's frustrating. It's not one is worse than the other. Or one's more damaging than the other. They're both very, very frustrating. I don't like the breakdowns on both of those first two goals, but the first goal, I think because it dribbles out as a rebound is the one I would like for gear give to have back. Sure. The one that I'd like to see him have more rebound control and stop that Zeitz have shot so that Donato doesn't just get a chance at all. Yep. I can grant him some allowances on the Reichel shot. Um, and I, you know, allowances too, that there's breakdowns occurring in front of him too, but that would be the one of the two of the Donato goal that I would like to have seen gear give make that save. I mean, I mean, we're, we're saying all the same thing, you know, but, but I agree with AJ. I'm a goalie dad. I'll never just blame the goalie. You know what I mean? I usually blame the D's or you know whatever. I'm just kidding. But what I'm trying to say here is you're absolutely right. You want to be an elite goaltender. You want to be classified as an elite player, a game changer. You got to make saves that are grade A chances. He hasn't made enough uh, these last 10, 15 games, whatever. You know? Yeah, he's racking up some wins. But even in those wins, like it's... The Avs aren't giving up a lot. They're giving up bonehead plays. We know that. And again, it's a game of mistakes. We know they're going to have mistakes. No one's going to play a game, you know, mistake-free game. But you'd like your goaltender to bail you out a little bit sometimes, you know, a little more than he's been bailing the guys out. And, and I'm a big fan of his. You guys know that. Um, I think he's been average at best for these past, like, month and a half or so. Like, I, I, I'm just being kind right now. Um I the Ryko shot, it's a great shot. It's a great play by Bedard. No look pass. I like once in a while. I like to see a save. I, I don't think we've seen enough saves, and I know we're beating a dead horse. We're not all saying the same thing, but I think I think it's just a common theme right now. And I'm not. We're not blaming the loss on him. It's not what we're saying, but it sure would help, you know, to get that extra save here and there. He had an 864 tonight. That's my point. There is no backup in this league that would be happy with the night where your save percentage is A64, let alone a starter. Yeah. 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 I, unless all 22 are grade A chances, 22 shots against, you need more than 19 saves, man. Yep. It's not unreasonable to say I need 20. <laughs> 20 saves on 22 shots is like, it's a pretty reasonable ask here. Yep. I Didn't get know. it. And you also need to not give up grade-A chances to stupid defense. And both things are true in that scenario. Yeah. And the Byram one, look, is it a stupid play? Should he be doing it? No. Stupid stuff happens sometimes. The Johnson one, I don't understand because <laughs> the Avs have a defensive system. They have a defensive structure that usually doesn't include a guy abandoning his post to go cover a covered guy. Well, and... 
you see Devontae's sees it. Yep. And like and panics, oh, turns yeah, around exactly. and tries and to look. trying to get back as fast yeah. as he can. And Jonathan Duran is like What the hell, man? Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to get this guy to give up the puck and he gets that. And you're like, uh, okay. maybe, maybe maybe we should have let him shoot it. <laughs> it's pretty frustrating. The whole thing was frustrating. Yeah, it's sorry, this Devon Taves quote from Gorilla Sports. I think we got some guys who think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. That's go. crazy. Oh, but I, but I agree I hope he with was that. looking at somebody when he said that shit. Like, no, no, but I agree with that. I yeah. just said that earlier. It's You have a lot of guys that were sixes out of ten tonight. You can't, you can't have that. And Devontae's was one of them. Not particularly good. No, but that. But he's probably talking about himself. That's why he's the leader on this team, and that's why they signed him. And he knows he, he can be better. He's better than what he's shown the last... I'm using the last yeah. two games because Kale's not there. So when Kale's not there, it shows you how valuable Kale McCarr is. But when Kale's not there, you have to have other guys step up their game, and you haven't seen that. You know, he got away with it last game against San Jose, another, you know below average team but it didn't matter because mckinnon and those guys were on a different planet and you know flying and but in a game like tonight you got to be sharp and you can't have those lapses you know what i mean like like cost you the game basically forget about the ref your lapses cost you the game you know because a penalty will occur a ref you have to be able to overcome a bad call by a ref or you know because it's like the Vegas against San Jose back then, right? The Pavelski. It's like everyone's talking about the five minute. You still you gave, gave up four, four freaking <laughs> goals. Like at some point, that's on you. It's not the referee. So they can be better. I I, I like Taze's comment. I like that. And we, we'll we'll get into that too. Yeah. But. A lot more to cover here. Before we go forward, we are brought to you by the beautiful folks over at Bet Three Six Five. At least I did hit a bet tonight. If there's, if there's no other positives, I got my money made back thanks to Jonathan Drew and getting an assist. So you can get over on Bet365 and bet on the abs. Use code VNBR365 when you sign up to get a bunch of amazing boosts. I know there's a bunch of doomers in chat tonight, and I think, honestly, this is probably one of the nights where they're more justified than most. If you're a real doomer, put your money where your mouth is and bet against the abs. Then at least you make money at the end of the night, right? I think you'd probably lose a lot more money than you'd win. Yeah, probably. But, you know, all I'm saying is if you really believe that the Avs are a bad hockey team, go make some money on them. That's where I'm at with it. Uh, of course, you can bet on all sorts of other stuff with Bet365, uh, whether that be basketball, football, you name it, all sorts of awesome sports. Use that DNVR365 code when you sign up to let them know we sent you over there. Uh, and, of course, you must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And then put your shady rays on. Look, if, if the world is shrouded in darkness, is that the doom or is that the shady rays? I mean, it could be either. That's all I'm saying. They are fantastic sunglasses. Uh, absolutely great. I love them. I use them driving into work almost every single day. So go check them out for yourself when you use code DNVR at ShadyRays.com and you get two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. So go check that out. Go join over 250,000 people who have given them five stars. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Second period of this game. Not a whole lot happened in the second period, right? 
It was a pretty slow period. It felt like Chicago kind of tried to jump on them early in the second period, but the Avs survived that. And then not a lot happened. And this is my problem. Not a lot happened. This hockey game is one where we've established the Avs should be a better team than Chicago. This is a team they should beat. You let them hang around. Where's that jump in the second period for Colorado? We know they're capable of it. We see them play aggressively, assertively, dominate games all the time. And it just did not show up in the second period for this team. The Avs seemingly were plenty casual. Nathan McKinnon skating into the zone and throwing pucks to spaces. Miko Rantanen passing pucks out of the slot to get lesser chances. Is this a... Is this just a mentality thing? Is this overconfidence from Colorado? Is this lack of attention to detail? What is it? I don't know. It feels like a little overconfidence because the second period is probably the period I have the most issue with because they allow Chicago to feel confident in themselves. Mm -hmm. Chicago is the better team in the second period specifically. And that is a team that is on the heels of, I believe, four losses coming into tonight. Bottom of the league. They're going to derive momentum from that. And so much so that they're able to stifle the Avs' third power play opportunity in that second period wherein it was a 2-2 game. They had a chance to look for a lead with that power play opportunity. It was buzzing from earlier in that first period, and they don't create very much. Even if they don't convert, my issue is the lack of creation where they have an opportunity to get a lead in this game, and they sit back on their heels in that second period. To me, that is too comfortable, and that is not respecting the competition and where I think a little bit of arrogance caused them to lose their grip on this game because they played very hard in that third period, but they couldn't overcome what they allowed to happen in the second period. Even though they played so well coming out into the third, they allowed Chicago to get some dangerous chances. And because they didn't do very much, it was a waste of a period in a lot of ways. Like they yep. had the chance to impact the game in a positive way. It's not just that they, they made mistakes. They just didn't it was a very neutral period they just didn't do very much and allowed chicago to get dangerous well for me this is a two-word thing it's it's called killer instinct you know what i mean and they just haven't had it lately you know what i mean and it's like you're just going to play to play the game and there's parts of the game that are not there and then ah we'll figure out we'll make a play and and it just bites you at the end, you know what I mean? Like there was some opportunities in the third to to capitalize and they whiffed and didn't do it. You leave yourself up to a bad luck or a bad player, you know what I mean, where you're not capitalizing on it. I just would like to see more killer instinct, you know what I mean, from from that group as as individuals and as a group. You know what I mean? And that for me is what's disappointing tonight because you left two points on the table in my book. And that's on you. That's not on the referee. That's not on the coaches. That is not on, on the other team. That's on you. You know what I mean? And, and it just wasn't good enough. And that league is too good. I don't care if your opponent is inferior or not as good or going through troubles or rebuilt or whatever it is. It's still a National Hockey League. And you got to be at your best to win games consistently. A lot of times you can get away with it because your goaltender saved your butt then you know made 50 saves or whatever it is and then you're like oh man you know think of the carolina game last year right you know where francis makes i don't know a thousand saves that night so you know there's nights like that i get that 
But right now, it's just the it's just being inconsistent, and inconsistent is a tough word because as a team, you don't want to have that tag right now. Oh, you're inconsistent as a team. You don't know what you're gonna get, and that's not a good thing. And we always talk about we're not panicking. It's game thirty, whatever it is. But at some point, it needs to get out of your game. It needs to get away from your game. I would almost argue the Avs have had too many nights where they haven't gotten that guy that bails them out. That's, not, that's right. Not from the goaltending position, and tonight not from your forwards either. You got nothing from your best players at 5-on-5 five five in this game. Nah. It's not like there weren't opportunities for the Avs to win this one. And no offense to the decor that was there, but... It was I not got, great. It you, wasn't. You should have gotten 15 high-scoring chances <laughs> in the third. I mean, you should. <laughs> and, hey, you know, kudos to that. Those guys, those kids or whatever it is. Because I'll never put down a National Hockey League player. I will never do that. But it's Nathan McKinnon. It's, it's uh, you know, um, Miko and guys like that. You should be eat. You should be taking these guys' lunches. Yep. And they're learning on the job, and they're learning what it is. And you should have just taken their lunch money and then just capitalized on it, and they didn't. It's, I think it goes unsaid sometimes because, generally speaking, generating high-danger chances will eventually lead to goals. But you still have to convert those chances at a certain point. You can generate a million, and if your guy shoots every single one of them wide, you have zero goals at the end of the night. You have to be able to finish your plays at times. Like Kiwi Ranta right there. Yeah, it's exactly. a big play by Dermy there. You know, he doesn't get a lot of ice. He makes the right play. And Kiwi Ranta, that's, that's a goal. That's a tap. You got to put that in. Steady double clutches it. And then Razik makes a save that Georgiev doesn't tonight. That's right. Kind of sums up the, uh, the entire experience at times. All right. I need, I need chat to understand that we are putting this next conversation in a box. Hmm. The Avs lost this game. They deserve to lose this game. They did that entirely on their own. Not trying to take anything away from that. It's a deserved loss. Colorado, it's on them 100%. Why did the refs just make up four calls in this hockey game? <laughs> I just told AJ earlier, like I, the one thing that is tough when you're sitting here and you're not actually on the bench or, you know what I mean, and kind of feel the game, feel what's going on, see what's going on behind the play, things that are said. Uh, you know, I, and I'm not saying the Avs guys said stuff, but they, they must have. I mean, when you, when you come up and you, hey, listen, McKinnon gets the call, right, against him, right? Like, he kind of sells it, throws his hand up, and, you know, I, I didn't like it. I didn't think that the uh, Hawks player should have been. I don't remember who it was, but Connor Murphy. Yeah, was it Murphy? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Connor it's Murphy, the softest yeah. call of all time. That, that, that's <laughs> not a penalty, and, and we knew call that. The game by the end of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but we knew that all of a sudden they were going to call something, right? And yeah. by the end of it, they call something soft, right there. Hey, listen, I. For me, okay. I think it's human nature. I'll, uh, referees are the best referees in the world. I mean, it's a tough job. I'm not here to criticize them, but. What Why I'm not? Here, no, no. But, but what I'm here to say is, okay. He he probably didn't like the fact that Nate kind of sold it a little bit. Then he's like, he gets it back. But then after that, he keeps going, and now you're nitpicking on one side. And that's why I say I, we don't know what was said. We don't know what's been said. And sometimes, believe it or not, it's human nature. 
you're just yelling at someone and you're nonstop and you know what I mean it's all of a sudden it's human nature they're just gonna take it out against you I, I don't saw, care it, it looked like that at the end you know Drew in like all of a sudden he's you know it's a normal scrum at the end of it I mean come on and I, what I didn't like is he calls Wood for a softy and then you know what live with your call and whatever he said to you like I mean, God, live with it. You don't have to give the guy an extra two when he comes out of the box. And I'm not saying it's okay for Woody to do. I, I, we don't know what he said. I have no idea. But if you're going to call a soft call like that, I mean, be a little stronger. And, and it's like McKinnon earlier this season. Remember, he was mad about something and then, you know, the non-call or whatever it was. And then you got to be able to take a little bit of criticism, I, you know. Yo, I... You know, I our job is to go out here and criticize as players all the time when they lose. Yes. There's no reason we can't criticize the rest for doing a bad job, yeah. too. Because they did a bad job tonight. And, and where, uh, but again, I'm going to finish my point and give you guys the floor after. But for me, is yeah, I, I hated the call. I thought it was soft as crap. I, I didn't like it. And I didn't like the second one because take it. Whatever he said to you, take it. it well, it's an emotional point, game. At that point, it's three in rapid succession. Because yeah. you, know, you have the one on Nachushkin where he gets called for holding and they show yeah, the replay. Just straight up made up. And yeah. you're like, he had his stick held, if anything. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, you can call this the rest of the night, like, every shift four or five times. But what I didn't like, and that's why I say I'm not blaming the refs, I didn't like the calls. But wow, was that a piss poor PK there? I mean, those oh, two yeah. D. I mean, again, two, yeah, yeah, no, that's completely on their own fault. Yeah, like, and the, the two the D's didn't step score up the goal. There. That's my their point, guys. You know? Their guys yeah. blow the coverage. Manson and Taves do an awful, Jeez, awful job on the step entry. Up there. Like what? It's it's a horrible read. I yes. think it's way worse from Devon Taves than Josh Manson. Same. I get what Josh Manson's doing because he thinks Devon Taves is going to be the guy net not in the middle that. of the yeah. ice. Yeah, and so I get, I get. Oh yeah, like like Chicago capitalized on that, but it's like that's an NHL team, and when you keep giving them chances, chances yep. with an extra guy on the ice, like for me, the word tonight is lackadaisical. That's it. You know, like those plays, it's just lackadaisical. It's just not not sharp. Not, and you know, when you have guys like Makara, you got to be sharp. You got to be sharp. And that one, I didn't like the call by the referee. I thought it was awful. But I didn't like the way they responded to it. Yeah, I mean, you have to know in the third period of a game, like there are giant screens above you in every arena. Yeah. You could easily see a call and then make a make a call, put a guy up there and glance up there and be like, Oh, all right, that maybe is not so great. You can ask one of the other guys what he saw, whatever. The information is readily available. And then when they score on that power play to make it 3-2 in the third period of a tie game, you have to know that the guy coming out of the box is going to be heated. Yep. Especially because they score quickly on the power play. It's not like he's been sitting there for a minute and a half. Oh, yeah. It happened fast. And in the span of, what is it, four minutes in real time, you go from having a tie game, making a questionable call, and now it's 3-2, and the guy that just got put in there is upset. Yep. And he comes out, and it ha it all happens so quickly that we don't even see it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just gone. And then you get to the end of the game. You get to the end of the game. You're in the final minute of the game. And, and you <laughs> allow – Jonathan Duran gets clear Cross-checked in the numbers. Cross-checked in the back. And it's like these things, especially in those late-game situations, refs let that stuff go all the time. It's fine. 
I don't even have like a huge issue there. You just have to let Druin shot back after yeah. the whistle. Well, and, go and too, right? Druin, so, like, goes, Druin goes over there and engages a little bit, and it's like it's like a like a minor tussle. Yeah, and the Avs get the extra penalty out of it, and it's like this is where once again I am saying please have a pool reporter yep. go into the ref room Agree. and say, Agree. "Hey, end of the game. What do you? What? Why is why is this guy getting an extra penalty?" Like, what does Ryan Johansson do here that gets him tossed, too? Why are the Avs on, an, on another PK at the end of the game? I just I just want to know why. The, what is the explanation here? What happened? What did you see here? Where did you where did you feel like the Avalanche had deserved not a, an extra penalty after Wood comes out of the box? And then one after another routine scrum, they they, they send off both guys. That part is fine. You're like, great. This is how it goes, and then magically, you're and on another PK. Send one black. Hawk. This, yeah. this, this had been brewing for a bit. I, I, that's why I say we're not there. We don't know. This had been brewing, obviously, with the Woody thing. But when they call timeout, if you tape the game on altitude, you can watch it. Go back to it. McKinnon, he comes out of the timeout, and he's, he's actually giving it to the referee. Remember, yeah. he's, it's yeah. nonstop, and he's like pissed about something, and he's nonstop, 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 and then the drawing play happens right after. And then, and I'm not blaming McKinnon. I'm saying there was some chatter going on, obviously, from the bench to the refereeing tonight, uh, right or wrong. Obviously, we feel that it was right because we felt it was not a very good display of of refereeing tonight. Uh, and then, but I think on the ice they they were doing it. And then, you know, again, the Avs got to do a better job on the flip side to control their emotions as well. You know, at times with your mouth, and but it is what it is. Well, but I agree. I mean, it's it's an emotional game. Yeah. To be to be honest, it's frustrating to me when it's like, oh well, Rigel punched a guy in the face after the whistle. <laughs> All right, well, you cross checked an Av in the back during yep. fucking play. Yeah. <laughs> and like when you're shooting from the point, you need screens for you need a guy to be there for a screen and for a tip. And that guy's not there because he just gets cross-checked and he's laying face first on the ice. Yep. And it's like, you have now prioritized a thing that has happened after play over what happened during it. And you've punished one team more than the other. Agree. And it's very, very frustrating to be like, you've just ended the game because of your list of priorities in this situation. And I know it all happens fast and there's a lot of things happening. Uh, in you know when the, in a six on five situation, whatever. What I, I just it's it's to me, I'm frustrated by it because it felt like you took the outcome of the game partially. Yeah. I'm saying partially. I'm not blaming the rest for this game, obviously. No, no, no. But I'm saying you took the outcome of this game partially into your own hands with decisions that you are going to have trouble justifying. When the league grades your game after this, yep. when they call you up and they're like, hey, you played a pretty big role in this outcome, which is something that officiating is not supposed to do. And I that's tough. Yeah, it's you. You should feel like your opponent is Chicago, not Chicago yes. and a random third party that does not score goals, but does dictate some of how the game gets played. I agree. You want to watch hockey teams play each other, and you want the better hockey team on that night to win. Sure. And while I think that ultimately is what happens on most nights, it gets a lot more muddled when referees are literally just making shit up. 
And this isn't even... Oh, they made shit up against the Avs. The Avs got a made-up call tonight, too. Yeah. <laughs> it happened, and we were all like, are you kidding with this? There's nothing wrong with calling bad refereeing bad refereeing. I agree. It was heavy-handed. It's a good way to put it. A lot of unnecessary and, stuff. And really it. inconsistent because it's backwards of what you normally see. Referees usually use early in the game to set a tone for what is acceptable. And then they talk to the guys. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's whatever, whatever. And then late in the game, you're like, that's holding and that's holding. And you watch both that's, of those penalties. That's, and that's it's it. like, even if you read the definition of holding and you put it next to the video of either one of those calls. It's a tough one. The Nachushkin one will not hold up. Yeah. It will not. The Miles Wood one, maybe very, 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 very technically, but it's a rough call to make in that situation, especially in the in the world of where game management exists, and when teams roughly are on the same number of penalties, they they stop so they can try and be like, hey, three and three, instead of what ended up being what five and it five to three. I think six to three with the with, last with the, one with the one which the Avs yeah. had already lost the game essentially at that point. But, but had they? There's still 38 seconds or whatever know. left. You yeah. never know. And their best face-off guy yeah. gets taken gets off. Exactly. Out of the game. Yeah. It it's. I think the frustration with the argument of the Avs needing to control their emotions better because that is 100 percent true, is that the refs also have emotions that they need to be honest with themselves about, and they need to check in with their sensitivities as well. Yep. And they need to understand that there are going to be some emotions there on the receiving end of that are just a part of the hockey game. I'm not advocating for the abs to be disrespectful to no. refs, but there is a certain level of frustration that they need to anticipate being met with when the calls do go that way. And they're a little bit hard to understand and they influence the, the shape of the game. Yeah, it's. Your, your rapport has to be better. You know what I mean? I'm yep. talking about the, the referee player. Yep. And I, I see old refs all the time, and they're great guys. And, and I always tell you guys, there's guys here in town like Dave Jackson and, and Steve Watson and, uh, you know, good guys. And they're fun to talk to. And, and that's the, the one thing, too, that, that I believe is just a little different is nowadays with the younger generation of referees, I think it's just the rapport is different than what it was back then. And there's, there's a time and a place to understand that it is an emotional game. And like you just said, you know, it just happened a few seconds ago. You walk mm. out, whatever it is that we saw with Jokic last week. Like, you know what I mean? Back also back. completely made up, That's by the way. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, okay, even though he, he told you to F yourself. Like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not advocating, like Megan said, about, but it is an emotional time. Like, and you've got to be able to have a better understanding of what the player's going through and you know just have a better rapport you know with with the players and not be so like oh rabbit ears and i hate saying that but you know like oh i think i heard something and you know, come on just turn a cheek and move on you know you just made a couple soft calls let it go you know what i mean well that's and, my point and then you have the other side of it in which up to that call the abs are destroying Chicago in this period on the underlying numbers. They're mm. dominating the, the period at five on five. Sure. And then finish that way too. But they fold in on themselves when they face that adversity of that power play last. Is it even 20 seconds? I think it's like 17 seconds in. They make an egregious defensive positioning mm. mistake and the pucks in the back of the net and they lose the game. 
goaltending. <laughs> sure. It, you just need... If the Avs want to be a great hockey team, you can't give up bad stuff when something doesn't go your way. You can't be playing really well and then one bad call derail your game. Well, I, I, the anger about the officiating tonight is that they kill the Nachushkin one. They and, do. And to be honest with you, none of Chicago's power plays are particularly dangerous all game long. Until that one. Yeah. Except for the one breakdown that they have that ends up in the back yeah. of the net. And you're just Big like, breakdown. they have one bad read where a guy is a foot away from where he needs to be. And you lose the game because of it. Yep. That's incredibly frustrating it that is. you have... You've played that well. 60 minutes in a hockey game that you are trying to do all kinds of things. You are going to make mistakes. The whole, oh, the Avs just can't give up a chance like that. They gave up worse chances than that. That's every, every team in every game ever is going to give up some really good scoring chances. It's, it's just how it goes, and you need to – you just – Right. It, it's uh, less about the fact that they give up the chances. It's more about the fact of how consistently this year this team has gotten punished for giving up those chances. Yeah, it's and you get punished because your goalie doesn't isn't the last line of defense you need it to be. Sure. I think that's fair. And that's just it. You look at their 5v5 because you go, th- you go through everything on the abs, and you say they have, in terms of the quality of chances that they give up, uh, and and the quantity of chances that they give up, on the whole, as a body of work, they are very, very, very good at the suppression aspect of it. That makes Georgiev's job easier. But then you also look at the three goals tonight, and you're like, all three of those goals, they sure didn't make his job very easy. No. But you need a guy that can rise above a little bit, and we just so rarely get it out of Georgiev this year that you get him to make, he makes that one little extra save and Mrazek gives up, what, two goals on 37 shots by yeah. the end of this thing? Yeah. You think every one of the Avs' shots is a bad one? No. Do they generate as much high danger as you would like for a team with their talent? No. They honestly do not. They just don't. Yeah. But you're talking about the difference of one or two chances per game. Could that be the difference? Of course. But you pay some guys an awful lot of money, Miko Rantanen, to have seven shots on goal tonight and to feel as listless as he did. Yep. When he got opportunities, I mean, he gets an open look late in the game, you know, with, with what, under six minutes to play, whatever. Yep. That wrist shot's and not even missed, competitive. Missed the net entirely. The, the Sam Walensky goes all the way around the net, makes a wonderful play, sets up Miko in the yep. middle of the ice by himself. And if that shot is even on goal and it scores... You're not looking at Morazic going, why can't you make that save? Yep. That's the same exact type of scoring chance that has gone in against the Avalanche on the other end. Yep. Miko Rantanen doesn't even put the damn thing on net. Yep. And that's where you are just ripping your own eyes out out of frustration that on one end, those are going in against you. And on the other end, guys are just ripping them wide. And that it, it happens. You have nights like that. They just scored six goals two nights ago. True. They scored five real ones two nights ago. <laughs> And it's it's just the 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 pendulum swing there has been too drastic for the Avs this year. Yep, it's been too drastic, and it's been so frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> so frustrating. I I think that pendulum swing is is a big part of the problem, right? Because the Avs didn't need to play their A game to beat Chicago tonight. Nope. 
B game would have done the job. Yeah. And instead, they scored zero goals at five on five. I hate I hate this. I don't care about the analytics. It's one of those things that will send me into an emotional tailspin. That is, that is saying you do not care about what has happened in the hockey game. That's all it is. Analytics is just data from a game. Oh, their defense is bad because I feel like it's bad. It doesn't matter what's actually taking place on the ice. Uh, sorry. It is just such a dumb argument for me. I can't handle it. It's so stupid. I don't care about shots on goal, guys. It doesn't matter. I, the Avs got depth goals last game. They got goals from Ryan Johansson and you know, Miles Wood last game. You know, Jonathan Duran has a point four straight game. He had a yeah. point tonight. I know. So I'm counting tonight. I'm just, <laughs> just that guy looks like he's actually the. Egg. The Come idea on that they have a lack of depth at the forward side and honestly at the defensive side is just not true. At forward, it's like very specific spots. Even, right? even then. Well, it's tough on a night without Andrew Cagliano because of how shuffled the bottom of the lineup gets as a result. I think it's weakened. And it's not to say they lost this game solely because Makar and Cagliano weren't in it. But you think about Cagliano and Lekkanen in the forward group alone and your options are a lot different. I looked at, before tonight's game, there was, I think it was Jay Fresh who came out with it, the like goals above expected, and the Avs are in a yeah. tough position because I do not want to say they've been unlucky, but I think the lack of finish has been a bit of an anomaly that I don't think persists through the rest of this season, especially for players like Mika Rantanen, because as, you know, I don't know that I consider myself an analytics person specifically, but tonight it's, you know, high danger chances are 18 to eight compared to Chicago. That is a little bit unfortunate, and it's not to take away credit from the night that Mrazek has. It's just when you look at that goaltender matchup, that is not what you're expecting Georgiev versus Mrazek to look like. When you do have players that are creating dangerous opportunities, the finish just isn't there from players like Miko Rantanen, and it's tough to watch. It's from players like Miko. You know why depth players are depth players? Because Logan O'Connor goes in on a breakaway and shoots it into the guy's chest, and you go, yeah, well, it's Logan <laughs> O'Connor. I mean, <laughs> and Miko does that, and you're like, Miko needs to finish that. Everybody's frustrated with Miko, but you do look at, like, a guy like LLC, you talk about depth and all that. I know we talked in the pregame about, like, oh, he does so many things. He does have to score a goal, though. We are I, 30 games into the season, and he has one 5v5 I, goal. One. You can ask like, for him to score more need, goals, but and, you also and, look at this depth on a whole, and the reason they're depth players because they don't score every night. <laughs> yeah, right. but you you are look. It's they're they're in such like weirdly like like I it's said they are in a weirdly specific like middle road here because Miles Wood, you're like this has worked. Yep, this has gone well. Ross Colton, this has gone well. Logan O'Connor has been their best glue guy of the season. Every line that he has been on has improved drastically with him next to him. And so, obviously, there's a lot of value there. But when it comes to you just need production. We talked about this with Jonathan Duran when he wasn't scoring at all. But he has it now. And you're like, you're like, look, I, th I think he's playing pretty good hockey. And my eyes are telling me, the numbers are telling me that this guy's actually okay. But he needs to start to produce. Those numbers are coming. You have multiple guys. You have multiple guys. Don't. Don't do it. No, I have I, to. I don't do it. Okay. <laughs> I'll finish and then you can you can do it. But like 
you have multiple guys on pace for 40 point seasons that you're paying in the range for a 40 point season for a 40 <laughs> point season right so you know the the ryan johansson thing it's it's an issue yeah i i it th- is but like you've gotten decent production elsewhere yep it's not it's not overwhelming and this is where we've talked about this the nazim kadri thing in the cup year screwed everybody up because it's like that's not what a two C looks like. This is what a two C is, and it's like he had an eighty-seven point year. You know, the 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 two years that Nazem Kadri was a normal two C, they didn't win the cup. <laughs> the year he had a first line center's production, they did. If you're gonna have two first line centers, you're you should win the cup. <laughs> you just should. <laughs> but it is it it is very like the depth thing. It it's kind of there. But you have one of the highest scoring defenses in the league. Again. You have an elite top line. Again. And your depth this year is better than the depth last year. What's the number one thing that's different? Your goaltending. And it's, it, I keep coming back to it like I'm blaming Georgia for the frustrations of the season. And that's not the case. You just need him to be better. You just you don't even and, need a ton of it. And one save better. What? Just be one save better, man, and he's right where he needs to be. Logan O'Connor is not overpaid. Now that take is insane. <laughs> I, no, but you know what? I want to talk about it because there is so silly. something about the contributions of Logan O'Connor that doesn't get measured in a stat you could find on NHL.com. And if there were such a thing as third and fourth assists, his point production would be so much more significant because of the way that he hunts pucks and retrieves pucks and battles along the boards. He recovers possession for any line that he's on to create scoring opportunities that he doesn't necessarily get credited with in the end because it changes hands a few times before that puck goes in the net. But even the Ryan Johansson goal that has Logan O'Connor written all over it. He's not going to end up on the score sheet because of it, except for, you know, a plus one in the plus minus category. Mm. But he is every bit involved with the creation of that play. And I think that's true for a lot of offense that has been a part of lines that Logan O'Connor is on that he's not going to get credited with in a stat sheet that is so worthwhile to this team. I'm not even entertaining that he's overpaid. It's just to even bring to the defense his contributions. I think his production, it's hard to capture because of how he creates, but it's there. I do think that he brings something to that table that is just maybe not captured as obviously. And... This is why when you look at Logan O'Connor's game, would you like him to score more? Yeah, definitely. But there's also this thing that he does well, this thing that he does well, this thing that he does well. And then you look at someone like Rijo, and when he doesn't score for 10 games, you're like, this sucks. What are you doing all game long with your ice time, sir? <laughs> right. Well, because yeah. there are all happening? of those yeah. other things that he's I doing. I know what Logan's doing. Exactly. He is annoying everybody on the ice, running his mouth and hunting pucks. And like LOC, his, his paycheck and his role. You're saying if we get 20 points out of this guy, we're fine. Yep. If you get 20 points out of Ryan Johansson, it is a colossal failure. A colossal failure. Regardless of literally any other contribution that either guy makes. <laughs> it's a huge problem if Ryan Joe gives you 20 points. And if, yep. if LOC gives you 20, you're like, yeah, that's about right. If he gives you 27, 28, you're really happy. Great. Yeah. If he gives you 34, you have one of the best most valuable, most cost-efficient role players in the NHL. <laughs> and, and if you look on NHL.com, that we're talking about the stat line, it doesn't measure energy. It doesn't measure pace. It doesn't measure momentum. 
And that's what this guy brings. And, and, and if you talk to 32 teams in the league, forget about the Avs, 31. At that price, which is underpaid, a 31 yeah. for 31 will take them. So, well, you look at the no contract Miles Wood got, and LOC is like that. That's what I'm going to get paid when he's this like, deal's I'm, over. Yeah, I'm, he's like eyeballing that, knowing that when he gets to UFA, the the cap will have gone up. And twice. he'll get it. He's he'll like, get yeah, it. he's looking at like, hey, two, two and a half. That's where I want to be. He'll get it, and he should get it. Yeah, he should. And Miles, for that price so far, Miles Wood has done exactly that. He's been everything that you wanted, and how his how his night went down tonight was dumb. Yep, it was dumb. I got a question. Are, are yeah. we in the third period or second? No, period? I'm about to do this. Okay, no, because no, I got a question after. I just saw something, and I, I want to bring it. All up. right. Well, before we get to Eric's question, make sure you're getting yourself educated, and make sure you are helping your kids get educated with College Invest. It's important to start saving for college early, and you need a plan just in case your child doesn't get an athletic scholarship like some of us. I sure didn't. I don't know about any of you, but. I was, I was not the athletic scholarship. I had to pay for college. Uh, college Invest makes it easy with flexible saving plans. Uh, it's super easy to use. Savings can be used for trade schools, apprenticeships nationwide, all sorts of good stuff too. So it's not just the standard stock college route. You can open your account today at collegeinvest.org. Jump over there. Make sure you are you're got those college saving funds rolling with College Invest and collegeinvest.org. Uh, also brought to you by... Uh, another ad read that I definitely haven't forgotten. Oh, yeah, it's Breck Distillery. It's our favorite. No winner shots tonight, but Breck Distillery with award-winning whiskeys and a ton of other alcohol that's great, too. They have a new vodka that they've had out for a little while now. Other options, you can go check it out at BreckenRidgeDistillery.com. Uh, you can also get over to their restaurant, which is an awesome place to, to get a drink, get some food. Delicious stuff. They're the official alcohol of the Denver Broncos, so... Check them out. Go over to BreckDistillery.com. You can order in all 50 states if you want to get it, even if you're not local. So go do that. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Eric, what's your question? I just looked on the ice time. Um, I think, and I'm not calling out Jared Bednar. I'm not. I don't know the circumstances. Maybe he wasn't feeling well or he's injured or whatever, but... I, feel, I, I just feel Ross Colton's been one of their best players lately. I just looked at the ice time, played 10 minutes tonight. That's just a shock for me. I'm just, and I'm. That I was, was shocking to me. It was shocking to me. I'm <laughs> just being honest. Played 10? That's, 10 that minutes. feels extra low. It does. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, Not sure what to make of that. Let me go look at the ice time. Like yeah, uh, the shift. Did. You know, so shift I mean, by shift, shift, how many yeah. shifts in each period? I know he lost Woody, but that was at the end. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. That's weird. While they look that up, and I know this isn't the point that you're making, but it's a point I want to make about what we were talking about before. You're 2-2 or down a goal in the third period. You're not asking your depth to score you that goal. Yeah. You're shortening your bench, and you're playing your superstars to get that goal, No, right? I get that. But so when they get off the ice, I, I, I believe he should be on the ice when they get off. Sure. He should be one of the guys that's I, probably, you know, And, and I'm with you, but it. this is just going back to my point. No, of, no, but I agree. You're not yeah. asking your depth guys no, to no, no, be no. that guy. That's not what I was team. saying, but I was like, 10 minutes just feels like an that, awful That feels weight For a guy who lately has been playing 14, 15, I think he 18, played 18 the yeah, other night. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was like, well, that's a little weird. weird. Not sure on that one. Four shifts in the second period. Five shifts in the third. That's pretty minimal usage, Shan. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, really wow. short shifts in the third, too. Yeah, yeah like 14 I just, I don't know. seconds. I just feel weird. 48, 30. 
Anyway, that some, is a little odd. Be yeah. a be a good question for Bednar when they get back in town. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. What's up with Ross? Yeah. <laughs> What's up with Ross? Rusty. <laughs> he's the boss. You're the boss. He's been great. He's been great. So yeah, I just no, feel I, that he's awesome. You know what I mean? Like I just well, feel that was a little. We low. talk about Ryan Johansson being kind of a disappointment. Well, part of it is that Ross Colton has been better has started to step into that a little bit he has been a guy that his production has been in the 40 point pace range for a while now yep roughly 20 goals you know maybe a little bit less right in that I area think it's right about 20 yeah, yeah. and uh, that's what you want mm-hmm. like if you're not going to have a true 2c having a really good 3c helps but if your 3C kind of takes over. Yep. And you get that production, then you're like, okay, well, that's our 2C. And for a little while now, most of the time, Ross has been playing more minutes, certainly. Yeah, he actually has kind of been the de facto 2C. What? Anyway. Uh, it's more like they've had two 3Cs. Yeah, I would say it's, it's two 3Cs. It would yeah. be a closer explanation of that. But, yep. look, you get to the end of the night and you lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. Plain and simple. You as a hockey team can't be happy with that. And you continue to have an incredibly inconsistent season from Colorado. On one hand, they go beat the San Jose Sharks, one of the other worst teams in the league, 6-2 to two on a back-to-back. Yeah. Is this, is this the first, like, regulation lost to one of the really bad teams that they've played this year. I know they had the Leo Carlson juked Prozvatov to the moon shootout yeah. in a game that they led and should have won. Yep. But at but least they salvaged an, they an overtime point, point out of it, right? Uh, how I, bad I, do you consider St. Louis to be, yeah, I guess, like the, the question? The 8-2 loss yeah. against the Blues is the worst loss of the season, and I don't think it'll be topped. I'm with you on that. Based on how everything played out, but Otherwise, it, it feels like they've taken care of business against the bottom tier teams. They haven't really played very many of them, so. They have not. Um, Just curious. This feels like the, the first like, uh, what the fuck was that loss of the year this, against like one of the bottom like bottom bottom teams. It continues to yeah. just feel like Whatever. a team that is wildly inconsistent to yeah. me. The, pen, the pendulum swings are too far. Yep. The low, the, their high is still fantastic and among the best in the league. The low is way too low right now. Their floor is dog shit. And that, it shouldn't be. They're yep. too talented of a hockey team for their worst effort to be that. Yep. I don't even care about the injury aspect of this. I don't care that they're missing half their top four. Arturi Lekkinen's not in there. Those guys... This is Chicago. Chicago's missing twice Half what you their are. defense. <laughs> They're playing a bunch of guys that this may be the only burn that they get in the NHL in their lives. The Avalanche are not. Give me a break with this. This was just a bad loss. It's a bad loss. Uh, for reference, they have two wins over San Jose. They have a win over Chicago. Uh, the only other real bad teams that they've played this year are... You know, defend, depending on how you feel about a Seattle, which they split uh, with. And their one loss was, well, they had they went two and one against Seattle. Oh, and they, then, they did win two and they should have and, won three. Well, in their third one, they lose with 30 or, seconds. Or at least play. should have got a point out of it, I guess. <sighs> <sighs> Ross Cold. <laughs> God. 
but they really have not played that many bad teams, and they've won most of those games. Still doesn't excuse losing to Chicago no, in a game not, like dude. this. Is, if you're, I would rather they have lost the first Chicago game like this. <laughs> you can, a banged up Blackhawks team yeah. full of a bunch of AHL guys? Give me a goddamn break, dude. How do the, the couch feel about the Avs right now? Is this a team that's inconsistent? that can get there, that can figure it out, find consistency through the last 50 games of the season? Or is this something that the Avs are just going to continue to deal with? They're, of course they're capable of it. I'm just frustrated what's taking them so long. <laughs> it's... Usually the strength of this team is the culture. And it's something that doesn't really need to be taught because the guys just embody it in who they are and what they do. And so there's very little external leadership needed from Bednar even. And at this point in the season, they have their messaging. They know what they need to be doing and what they need to be doing consistently to bring them success. So now there's a deeper issue. I don't know if it's, you know, down to the individual and there's an issue with accountability in the room, but the consistency is a problem. And the troubling thing is they know better. So I don't know what's not clicking. I have every faith that this is a group still capable of getting to that point. It's just a bit uncharacteristic to see them like this. I do believe they'll find their group. I agree. And that's, we always talk about young players and the word is inconsistent. You know, I mean, it's tough to find consistency. And I use that line all the time. Consistency is longevity in this league. It's the same thing as a group. There are a lot of new players. There are a lot of expectations. Some some guys are, are taking a little bit of longer time to find that expectation on a consistent basis, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They just kind of get going, and it's day in, it's day out. It's it's not just on game day. It's it, it's between games. It's on off days. It, it, preparation is huge. Uh, mentality of a champion, culture of a champion totally different than maybe you've been at different places before here it's about winning and it's about playing the right way and i remember bednard started here talking about sure sure you know we're on a winning streak right now but we want to win at the end of the year so we, there's some things we have to correct and right now there's still some of those things he was talking about early in the season that they're still dealing with and that's what megan i think is saying about the frustration where do I think they're going to turn around? Yes. Do I think they're going to have a big run? Yes. Uh, but right now, it's it's a little bothersome that you're going to lose games. I got, it's going to happen. But the way they lose games is just a little frustrating. It's a little mind-boggling. If that's what, right? Bog yeah. Boggling? And yeah. Mind-boggling. Boggling. I, I, I will say this to the point of accountability or whatever you want to say. Have the ads been inconsistent? Absolutely. And there have been bad stretches, but when those bad stretches come to an end, the Avs tend to respond pretty well. They'll have a stretch that goes the other way. They'll have <sighs> games where they play super duper well. They will. And honestly, that's what makes it frustrating is because they show they're capable of dominating bad teams in this league. They're capable of winning against good teams when they play well. They just need to remember or find a way to consistently play I'm not even going to say well, but play above poor. Far too many games, you don't get a passing grade from Colorado. That's all I got. Anything else you guys want to add? It's really frustrating watching a team. 
Because we always give them leeway. Of 10, course. 10 or 15 games, yeah. right? You, they get leeway for the first month, month and a half of the season. But once you start getting to the end of December, you're like, okay, you need to start rounding in a little bit of form. Yep. And they just haven't changed much. Yep. Materially, they haven't grown a lot in their game. All of their numbers are good. All of the underlying show uh, on volume a good hockey team. But there are individual segments of games where you're just like, what the hell, man? Yep. The second period thing continues to be a microcosm of their whole season. Their first periods are whatever they're going to be. Their second periods are bad, and their third periods are fantastic. You got you to gotta find a level of consistency there. The yeah, floor like has to come up, you as need, you said. You yeah. need to even it out a little bit. These yep. wild swings of quality have to stop. If that means that your top comes down a little bit, man, I'm fine with that because yep. the bad is losing you games. Yep. It's losing you games. You don't have to win 6-2. You only have to win by one goal, right? Yeah. It would have been nice to see them win 3-2 in this one. Yep. All right. <sighs> We've got a bunch of super chats here. First one, $5 from Easton, who says, Sad way for our first trip to the DNVR. It was our sad way to end, even. Uh, it was great meeting everyone we bumped into. You guys are so welcoming. Yeah, thanks for coming down. Hey, Easton. Came down from the bar from uh, Missouri, so it's a long way to come. We appreciate you. Uh, and then we have $5 from Banks, who says, Remember Chicago being rock bottom last year? Did Dr. Brown fire up that DeLorean again? <laughs> hey, uh... If they respond the same way they did to the Chicago loss last year, I think we'll all be pretty happy about it in the end. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. This starts the abs going on a tear. I'm absolutely here for it. Uh, Melanie with $5 who says, Ugh is all I can say. It's a game. Take the good and build on it and fix the, ba the bars, the bad. Uh, and get it together. Either way. Go abs, go. Uh, and then she says uh, another $5, which says uh, that was such. Supposed to say. Uh, well, struggling. The struggling. <laughs> Supposed to say fix the bad. Uh, thank you for the $10. Uh, just leave the, leave the typos next time and it'll be me looking weird. Yeah. Uh, $2 from Vaguely Sober, who says uh, sweaty boy for Sam Malinsky. He existed tonight. He didn't make the egregious errors that Jack Johnson, Devon Taves, and Bowen Byram did. Yeah, I liked Sam Malinsky's night. Yeah, so did I. Uh, and then two more dollars for only 33K subs to go, Rudo. Long way to go. Subscribe to the channel. Get us to 100K. We're trying to get there. Can Coach Prime get hired a second time? Yeah. <laughs> would help. It would, <laughs> it would help the acceleration of that. Uh, and then we have 279 from John who says, Fire Bednar, this team is lazy, worse than the 22 23 team. I'm just going to, for my own sanity, assume that that's sarcasm and say, haha, very funny. <laughs> 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 very funny. Uh, also, shout out to the super chats we got the other day show that I forgot to do. We appreciate you. It was, yeah, my bad. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a roller coaster right now for Colorado. But, but. That <laughs> deep sigh. They're yeah. still sitting tied for the top of the Central Division. <sighs> and they're going to go on a run. I keep saying it. It's <laughs> happening. They're going to go on a run. The soft part of their schedule is now down another game, and they're one and one in it. Yeah. They'll go on a game, 10 game run. All you can do is see what they do in the next one. Hopefully it's better than this one. Yeah, I didn't like this one. 
<laughs> I don't think there's many from the Av side who like this one. I've uh, a little birdie told me the CHGO so is super pumped <laughs> for Chicago to have beat the. They Avs should be. That. They were missing so many players. Yeah. Absolutely. They should be through the roof. Absolutely. Kudos to them. They should feel like the Nuggets beat did uh, when the Nuggets went that to seven Utah with seven game. guys. Yeah. <laughs> on the second night of a back-to-back and won that game. <laughs> and then it became like a milestone for the franchise, and they yep. all took pictures on the airplane. Yep. <laughs> that's how they should feel. <laughs> Eric, get on the ice. <laughs> I mean, also... Me? Oh, you know what like, the... About, about the Blackhawks, like, Connor Bedard rocked yeah, he's tonight. He's super good. Oh he my God, he's rocked, so good. and it was incredibly frustrating that you're like... They've got one guy, not even a line <laughs> Just one dude. that you need to worry about. They've got one guy that you can't let beat you, and he plays a pivotal role in all three goals. And it's like, what? What? One guy? My guy, Nicky, was Triple good. cover him if you have to. What are you doing? <laughs> it was like the Detroit Lions with Barry Sanders in his whole career. They've got one guy. <laughs> Just stop him. What the hell? But that guy is Connor Bedard, and he's really, really, really good already. <laughs> he's really good. His dad was good tonight, too. Nikki, our boy. <laughs> His dad. Salino. I love that. Really good. That's not Corey Perry. Um, the, play, <laughs> the play that Connor Bedard made at the blue line on their third goal. Yep. That stuff is like, oh, dude, you're not ever going to look at that on video and try and tell another player to do something <laughs> like that. Only and him. On, and it's what screwed the abs up. Yep. Because they pull all of them. They've got two guys so high in the zone that that's why Taves and Manson are trying to to figure out how do we cover all this space. And then Taves just gets, he's one stride too far. Yep. And, eh, but oh my God, he is, woo, he is super good. If you guys want Eric to actually be able to read all the praise you're giving him, you got to tell him to start wearing his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) There's no praise there. We talked about College Invest earlier. We're also brought to you by MSU Denver, a place you can use that College Invest. Uh, They have over 90 different majors to choose from. You can do in-person or online classes. Whatever it is that suits you, whether you're going to college for the first time or going back, MSU Denver is a great option. Go check them out at msudenver.org where you can register for classes today. Uh, And then if you want sports merch, FOCO is the place to go. You can get DN, You can get 10% off even with code DNVR10. Uh, with FOCO, you get bobbleheads, you can get apparel. It's all licensed, all sorts of cool merchandise. Uh, Crocs are on there. You can get some pins, all sorts of cool stuff. Go check them out, FOCO.com. Use that DNVR10 code to get 10% off whatever it is you end up getting. We are out of here for this one. We got uh, a lot more writing and video pieces. I'm sure that will be full of frustration <laughs> for you all to read. I have to relearn how to use a website. Yeah, the weekend off was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, well, and now it's an entirely new yeah. back end. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, it's a front new front end, too. It's all new. All new. So go check out the website. Yeah, I went and looked at it today and was like, It does Whoa, look dope. It does look dope. is different. TheDNVR.com. If you really like us, consider becoming a diehard with the membership. You get a bunch of cool stuff with that. You can also follow us on Twitter, like and subscribe here on YouTube. Do all that good stuff. We're out. We'll see you tomorrow for an off day show. 2 p.m. Talk to you then. We all silly like the mayor. 